you will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. It is, this is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I am happy and pleased to be here with you to give us an opportunity to have a solid discussion on the things that are going on in our country, in our world, and in our community. It is important that we stay aware of the kind of conversations that are happening around the world. I, I stumbled upon a videotape of Giuliani trying to uh, express his concerns about us not hearing our, ourselves, African-Americans not hearing other African-Americans. And his whole uh, thought process suggests that instead of African-Americans fearing police officers, uh, they should be more afraid of of other African-Americans because there's a large percentage of African-Americans who kill other African-Americans. And, you know, that, that whole process is such a, a I, guess, I guess, a hateful, way of sharing or dealing with the death of individuals through violence. And the reason why I say that, because he clearly realizes uh, that more whites are murdered by whites uh, for the reason is that they are around more white people. And that African Americans are murdered by more blacks because they are around blacks. I am 58 years of age, and um, I have lived my entire existence close proximity of other African Americans. And I realize that there are things that you need to know as an African American to keep yourself safe and above the fray. But that would be the same if you were a white American as well. So to suggest that somehow we are innately more violent than white is totally uh, crazy when we know that there are more white men who are mass murderers than there are black men who are mass murderers. So therefore, you know, you you wouldn't want to just uh, say that all white men are capable of being mass murderers when the majority of them are mass murderers. So, you you know, it is just difficult to understand why somebody who is educated as Giuliani would try to use some fake knowledge related to the norm to convince us that we are more dangerous than anybody else. In our society, you have to 
make sure that you are aware of what's going on around you in order to try to avoid any type of violence in your community. But people live in black communities and never experience violence because they know how to avoid violence and when and where they should be at what time. So I'm just wanting us to talk today about whether or not we uh, should allow white America to make us afraid of ourselves when we recognize that there are issues we have to deal with, but we also know that there is a common knowledge related to how we live and how we go about our day in order to keep ourselves safe. So, D, um, it is really interesting how white America will try to convince us that we in, and we are in a desperate strait when it comes to being or living in the black community, but when we recognize that they are at, at, at the same desperate situation in terms of violence in their own communities and, and, and how, how they go about dealing with their mental issues. I'm sorry, James. Getting... Yes, sir. Uh, I am. I am here, James. Uh, when it comes to uh, Giuliani, uh, I, I don't have the confidence that his mental faculties are all there. Um, not like they were when he first was uh, forced on stage after uh, after 9/11. Um, Giuliani is to me is not the same person uh, when it comes to, down to trying to uh, convey messages by uh, verbally. Uh, he and Donald Trump are in the same arena when it comes down to trying to convey messages. Um, and so, and they don't do that very well. Uh, for him to, um, to say the things that he has, um, it, it reminds me of a person that's, that's uh, disconnected with all of society. Um, they are only engaged in people like, with people like themselves. Uh, when it comes down to being a public person, a public figure that that should be engaged with all people, uh, they are just not there. So for him to say that, um, he's speaking right off the cuff, right off the top of his head, and it don't make very much sense at all. And so uh, that's my comment. You know, and what made it even wilder is that when you try to co-mingle two issues, uh, when you try to co-mingle uh, uh, the issue of police officers using violence against unarmed African Americans and suggesting that that's the same uh, issue as African Americans being violent against other African Americans. And so what it says to you is that here, uh, you know, you all need to work on your issues of black and black violence uh, before you start pointing fingers at white uh, officers killing black men. And that, that's so crazy because we have an expectation that we should not be killed by white men who have been hired to keep us safe. We're not supposed to have a fear of white police officers, they're supposed to be uh, the people who have been paid and who have decided that they want to uh, keep society safe. So we don't have that same expectation of black men who might find themselves wanting to get in violence. They haven't been hired by the city. They haven't been given a gun uh, to protect and serve. And so those two different things shouldn't be brought together in a means to suggest that somehow black America 
should fear itself. So, Nate, what what are your thoughts? You know, here I'm saying that again, I've lived in a black neighborhood or uh, very in close proximity of African Americans all my life, and that I have not had to worry about being killed or robbed. I just have a a a sense of where to go, how to go, and when to go that keeps me above the fray. I agree with you 100%. You know, um, I don't walk around um, my community or walk around the city and being afraid of my own people. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are certain times in, uh, in, in at night or certain places I know not to go, but that's anywhere. You know, there's some there's some neighborhoods that's all right that you can't go to a certain time of night or anything like that. But when I walk by a police officer, I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I'm a little more on edge and everything because I don't. Anything can happen at any given time. You know, they have the weapon. They have the authority. So I'm more afraid of them than I am my own, my own people and everything. It's just like when I, just like in Iraq. Look at all those. Look at look, look at all the uh, um, the Muslims. They they're, they're killing themselves and everything like that. But nobody's talking about that they're because they're around each other all the time. So anytime you what you what you around the most, that's what you're gonna see the most. And for Juliana to make a, a comparison like that. It's, 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 at the end of it, it's, it's really insulting because they tell us, so you trying to tell me that we're our own problem. That's what you say. That's what you're really saying. You're saying that law enforcement, the brutality of black people by law enforcement ain't the problem. It's brutality of black people against black people is the problem. So even if that were so, what gives the police officer the right to uh, to brutalize us? So, so, so what he said, and it makes no sense. And the asinine thing about us, a statement like that, that you don't see no wrong with what you're saying. You're convinced of what you're saying because other people like you, who's been around you, have that same thought, uh, uh, thought process, and everything like that. Because then again, uh, then again, look who, look who you're representing. So that that doesn't surprise me at all. But at the end of the day, that I'm not afraid of my people and everything. I'm cautious. In, um, where, I, where I go at, but at the same time, I'm not gonna sit up here and be be afraid of my people. Because if I'm afraid of my people, then I can't talk to my people. If I can't talk to my people. How can we get anything resolved? So no, that statement he he made was, was totally out of line, James. Thank you. Yeah, it, it is amazing to hear somebody try to suggest uh, that somehow uh, the high percentage of black-on-black crime shows that black people are violent against themselves when white-on-white crime is just as high. Uh, You know, white people don't come to the black neighborhood to get in arguments and kill themselves, and constantly we are able to show where white men are, again, involved in mass murders against themselves. And so, you know, what, what is his solution to that. You know, when he wants to exactly. talk about white black on black crime, why he don't talk about white on white crime where white one white is willing to uh to commit mass murder at a, at such a rate. When mass murders are at loose, they hardly ever look at black men for for those kind of crimes. But yet he wanna suggest that there's some kind of innately violence in, inside of African Americans. So Cheryl, you know, it, it is interesting how a white man can get on a public stage and spew his his ugliness against other people when when he's not looking at himself. Good evening and how's everyone doing this evening? Um I didn't get a chance to open it up to see what the comments was that he made so I'm a little bit um not prepared to um well if Sarah, it, what what he said was we get in an uproar when white uh police officers kill unarmed black people but we don't seem to get in an uproar when black men kill uh black men so he was suggesting instead of worrying about are white police officers killing black men, we ought to be worried about the black men who are out there killing black men. And again, what the black uh, 
uh, uh, the other guest was trying to say to him, we black men who kill black men end up in jail. White men who kill black unarmed men get to go free. And so, therefore, there is a disparity in how the justice of killing black men is handled. And he refused uh, to see the, you know, the situation as we see it with white police officers. It is not their job to go out and kill black people. Okay, so we, you know, we want to deal with the fact that disproportionately uh, white men are going out into our neighborhoods and making these deadly decisions against our young adults and our children. You know, first of all, even if that was something that he thought, that should have never been something that he said. And we do know a lot of them think like that. And they could not even begin to imagine how we feel because they're not walking in our shoes. You know, we, we're we disturbed by any kind of crime, but it seems as though that the crime where the white on black is that, just like you mentioned, they're getting away with it. And But when it comes to black-on-black crime, you know, we uh, imprison those black individuals. But um, to make a a remark like that, that was so, so, first of all, it was so unfair um, because you can't speak for black people at all, especially if you don't have any knowledge. And, I mean, first of all, you're not black at all. So you can't even talk about <coughs> how black people feel or what kind of uproar. This is only maybe through your observation as a white individual. But a statement like that should have really been kept, and I'm going to say like Wendy Williams said, that's a um, a table, a kitchen table talk and conversation that's not a public conversation. That's not to get out in the public at all because we already know how y'all feel. We already know, you know, what's going on because the actions is speaking louder than the words that is coming across. So, um, like I said again, that was a very unfair statement, um, very um, misinformed because he had to be informed by those um, black individuals to make a, a statement like that, and that wasn't um, from anybody that I, I'm gathering that he personally got this information from. So um, I can't go along with that. I mean, that's something that just really shouldn't have been said. And I mean, that's why we are dealing with the things that we are dealing with right now. And it's so divisive, Cheryl. And you, you, you hit it the nail on the head because when I hear about any murders, no matter what they are, white on white, black on black, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm upset and appalled at any kind of violence against any kind of innocent people. Recently here in Orlando, we had a gentleman to kill three or four children and himself uh, because of his anger as his uh, ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend. And so it didn't matter that they were white. I was angry at the fact that he was allowed uh, to take these kids' life. And what he did, that the police allowed nearly 24 hours to go by because they wanted to take every chance they could possibly take in order to save those people in their house. And so I'm not, I, you know, Giuliani's uh, words were very divisive because he's trying to indicate that black people are more violent than anybody else. And that is a difficult thing to prove, again, when you have so many white American men who killed mass numbers of people at one time. So it is just uh, hurtful 
that somebody of his stature would go out and spill that kind of hatred and rhetoric on the television. Andre, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, here we are. We can't mend our fences because there are people like Giuliani who's always out there trying to uh, to to downgrade us as a race of people. Well, terrific Tuesday to everyone, and I would challenge us not to be distracted um, by people that are really just trying to keep us off track. Let us remember to focus on the nomination of a Supreme Court justice that's at hand. Let us remember that uh, people have to make choices every day whether they're going to eat versus take care of themselves medically. Let us also be reminded of homeless um, being on the the rise. Let us be reminded that indeed, um, if indeed the the statement was true, which is not, I will ask us to challenge ourselves. Why do we feel frightened by our brothers and sisters? And I will venture to say because of information that you have been fed. And so then I would challenge us to uh, analyze the source in which that information have come. You know, over and over again, we find ourselves uh, listening to uh, people respond and, and giving in information and stuff, and we take it as gospel. Well, it's time for us to wake up and know that that's not true. We as a people are very strong people. We have come together uh, over and over and time and time again. And do we have challenges? Yes. But everyone uh, have challenges. But I would not uh, say, like you say, uh, let's be reminded of a person having the responsibility of uh, occupation in which they have uh, committed and dedicated themselves to um, represent the community with respect, pride, and, of course, we should feel uh, comfortable with their decision. So let us not get distracted on someone that's trying to throw us off course. Probably something else is about to come up um, that uh, they want to try to, you know, again, um, just put some smoke in. Uh, it's a smoke tactic, so let's just don't make sure. Let's make sure that we don't fall for it. You know, one of the things that I've come to understand is I have a great deal of respect and appreciation for those uh, in white America who open their arms up uh, to me and to to people like me. Uh, I have a great deal of respect and appreciation for those churches that have merged together, that have a large population of African Americans as well as white Americans and Hispanic Americans, because we need to learn how to get along and come together and not point fingers at one another. In those kind of environments, when we merge together, people learn that there is no difference uh, between good people. Good people are exactly that, good people. And from time to time, we move, we run into people who have a different standard of, of living or a different opinion of how to deal with life's adversity. And so we need to recognize that we are all the same uh, and that we need to learn to live together. And there are different traits that go along with different races of people, but it does not make them all evil. You know, when you're in an environment where mixed groups are allowed to exist, uh, people are, be, are given an opportunity to be comfortable with one another and exist and feel good about, being around each other. Good afternoon, everybody. I don't know, was that a question, James, or? Well, I, I did that. I did that because I had the opportunity to visit you, and you are in a mixed church environment, and that mixed environment allows you to have a different understanding of different groups of people. Yes, and I, I, you know, I, I'm just thinking about what you were saying, and I think that was um, 
Andre that was just talking. I think I'm not sure the voice sounds a little bit like Andre. I'm not sure if that was Joyce. That was um, that was our okay. Okay. Hi, Andre. Just thinking about um, the world, and just the world, period. I mean, and then I just closed my eyes for a minute and just imagined, you know, um, could we just coexist with just us? No, because that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a diverse, different people, you know, um, respecting one another, moving into existence to uh, interact with one another and help each other in the different things that we have to help each other in on the job. You know, even those that are in the service, I, I think about the service time and how, you know, when you're in the service, you you can't be biased about anything because you're going to need the people on the side of you, in front of you to um uh, have your back on everything. I mean, family is everything, but when you go into establishments and places like that, you're going to need those people who are there that are a different color from you, uh, look different from you, maybe taller or shorter than you to be, you know, your, your, your backbone, to be your right hand, to be that person that you need them to be. So I don't know if that answers the question, but I was just thinking about as everybody, I mean, as you and Andre was talking, you know, that's, that's what I, I captured from that part. So I hope that's what um, you were looking for. If not, then you would have to re-give me a question. Thank you. Well, it's important what you shared to us is, is that instead of being divided by political people like Giuliani, we on the ground Floor need to learn how to come together and recognize that we uh, we play a, a role in our country where we need to get over the division. I hate the fact that uh, I'm not able to uh, get beyond color. Uh, the day I had an experience where I finally went, got my glasses, and I finally went to the DMV, and each one of those people tried to assist me as much as they possibly could. And majority of the people I interacted with happened on this day to be white. And so the lady tried to do as much as she possibly can could to help me and assist me, uh, despite the fact that I uh, needed to um, overcome some shortcomings I had about standing up the whole time when they have all these questions they need to ask, and they got all this paperwork. And so she allowed me uh, to sit down, and she came over to me from behind her desk uh, to ask me the questions that she needed to ask. And so sometimes we have to recognize there are people who don't allow their color to be the reason why they don't serve people uh, in a fashionable manner. And so... uh, Nate, let me go to you. You had uh, an experience, uh, you know, because you were in the service and um, Cheryl, I mean, uh, Kathy was just talking about how you have to count on people and they may not be the same color as you. Yeah, you do. One of the things, the first thing the Army does when you get the basic training, they weed all that stuff out. They ain't going to let you be in no clique. They ain't going to let you uh, be a part of no, no, no crew or anything. They killing that out the back. Cause at the end of the day, we have one job, one job on us to defend the country. Now I work with a lot of people who I couldn't stand. I could not stand them, could not stand them. But at the end of the day, we had one common, we had one common task. Hey, we are gonna fight together. We may have to wind up dying, dying together. And that's one, that's a beautiful thing about the military, cause they they influence and force brotherhood and everything like that. Cause at the end of the day. I might not like you. I had a guy that was in my basic training unit, and he has never he. We was the first uh, African Americans he had been around. He was from Wisconsin. He said he had seen black people on TV, but he had never seen black people up front, up close. Now, somebody, so you know, I know, I know some brothers out there would have got mad at him making a statement like that, but he was just being honest. He never been around black people, and. Now, just think, now, if we would have sat up there and just mistreated him because he made a comment like that, then his perception of us would have been in a different uh, demeanor. But because well, he, he's the United States Army or the military as a whole, they put it in a position that they had to learn how to deal with people of different color, different races, 
and at the same time realize that we're on the team. Look, not just not just uh, on the military like that. Look at professional sports. Look at look at uh, look at look at look look at uh, the NFL, the NBA, baseball, stuff like that. You know, it ain't no set one color on on, on those teams. You got people from different cultures that they go is to win a championship. I had a white pastor for years who cared about my soul more than I did uh, some some uh, some of the uh, black pastors out there. So at the end of the day, you know, like you were saying, we can't let political thing uh, or, or, or political schemes divide us. At the end of, uh, um, but we, but we have to see past that and, and overcome that because the one thing I love about the United States Army, what they preached to us was Army Green. If they, if they did preach on any colors, it was red, white, and blue, not black, white, Hispanic, Asian, anything like that. So it put us in a position we had no choice but to depend on each other. And I guarantee you this, people like Giuliani, anything like that, if you will put them in a position. Well, they had to de- depend on somebody of a different ethnic group. I guarantee you their opinion and their actions will change. Thank you. And, D, you know, we have to be real concerned about those people who keep coming from the era of Gi- Giuliani that seems to be very comfortable with the, the division that they're creating amongst the races. He does not want to be a part of the solution. He continues to want to be a part of the problem. You know, when they have stop and frisk, I would be I would hate for some police officer to stop me and ask for my name and then start putting his hands on me uh and frisking me as though uh I was a criminal. But that was the kind of uh rules of law that Giuliani allowed in New York. And that's just a violation of my person. Well, you know, uh, you know, you know, when you look at the numbers, um, well, no, I'm gonna change that. Uh, you know, I, I do identify that we do have some issues in our black community, um, uh, and you know, and we we identify with that. Uh, we do understand that uh, there is a culture. Even in our own black community, that is uh, detached themselves. Um, just witnessed uh, a, a shooting in my work area. Uh, I didn't witness it, but um, uh, two gang, two black gangs had gotten together to get together at this nightclub, and they had a shootout. And uh, one person was killed, one person paralyzed, six others injured. Um, so in that. Um, I, I realize, and I'm going to uh, be a little different here, I do realize that we have some issues that we need to address. However, uh, for Giuliani uh, and the likes of him and Donald Trump to play the the uh, the, the racial line and, and the differences uh, thereof, uh, especially when it contradicts everything, like Nate just said, you know the unity that we, that they are so supposed to be trying to portray, uh, especially being men in public office. Uh, it is quite clear that they are have an agenda to try to divide, and they play um, these numbers against minorities, and and you know we called it dog whistling uh, earlier last year, where at, when when it comes down to law enforcement. And people that is that is in any position, now I'm going to go as far to say that, any white person that's in in position, uh, management, uh, uh, apartment complexes, uh, management, landlords, person in any position will adhere to what Giuliani says, uh, uh, to what Donald Trump says, and anybody that's of that mindset and try to make it hard on hard on people of color. Um, we have seen people that in restaurants, you know, take positions to try to make your visit to their restaurant uh, unpleasurable. So I am convinced that uh, these people in position uh, are hell-bent on trying to make your life uncomfortable, being a black person. So, yeah, um, the call is out, um, and and they're not being dragged on the, on the carpet for that. 
So uh, going forward, um, I'd like to see more other politicians, uh, Republicans and Democrats alike, and people of clergy to come out and speak against this rhetoric. Thanks. And the thing uh, that I'm saying, Cheryl, and you're aware of, is that we know that there's evil amongst all races of people. And we, you try to bring out that one race has a more evil spirit than another or has more issues dealing with violence than another, then you're denying the kind of violence that occurs uh, amongst your race of people. Uh, it is easy to see when, when, when uh, Dee brought out about these two gangs, uh, we would have to remember how uh, two, white, uh, two white motorcycle gangs had a shootout in broad daylight where people were just trying to get a meal and eat. And here you have these people shooting at one another in broad daylight. So we can all uh, point fingers at situations where different races ignored what was the norm uh, in terms of humanity. You're right. And, you know, when you said that there's evil among, you know, and I, I guess I don't want to be that harsh, but there's bad people um, or bad in people all around us, just like there's good in people that's around us. Um, I just don't think that we should be subjected to uh uh, focus more on the opinions of a not so smart individual that made the remark, you know, that he had that that was made, or even the remarks that are made, because, you know, I always say and used to tell my children, when people say these things, don't get offended because they're talk they're not talking about you that they're really talking about themselves. It's something wrong with them, nothing wrong with you. So it's something that they are not dealing with within them that they're trying to project on to others. So whatever it is, don't take that on and don't take it personally. And like I said, this is a statement that should have never been said, you know, even if you had thought about it. But we deal with we deal with bad, with people who... Do bad things all the time, and you know, and I, I, um, and I just want to echo on, you know, what Nate said about having each other's back. You know, being in the military, you know, and that should not be only in the military. That should be all over. But when we have remarks like this, it begins to put division among us because people start to believe what they hear, and the more they hear it, the more they believe it, which we should be able to hear more positive things than the negative things. And you, and we write, um, Donald Trump plays a big part of, you know, making it okay for these things to be said and to constantly be said because he's saying those things, his own self, the actions that he's taken has clearly displayed, you know, where his heart lies and where he he really thinks about, you know, individuals in race and um and women and, you know, we can go on and on and on other than himself and his family. But um we got to get beyond that and we got to continue to be as positive as we could in situations. Just like you mentioned, James that the people who helped you, <coughs> excuse me, they didn't look at the color of your skin. They looked at your needs, and that's how it should be for all, you know, all of us. And if it was, we would be living in a much better place than what we actually are. So if we can continue, you know, and I know that each one of us, and we talk about it all the time, if we can continue to display that, you know, in our everyday life, we are part of helping to make the world what we want it to become. And, Andre, we have a responsibility uh, to go beyond 
the normal to uh, show other races our appreciation for their service and to serve them so that they know that we don't have those kind of biases. So those of us who live life loving and wanting to love everybody have a responsibility to shine that light even brighter so people will recognize that uh, we, we, don't, we don't live the division that is being created uh, by uh, the world at this time. Well, I challenge us, and hi, Kathy, good to hear your voice as well, uh, but I challenge us not only to do it to a certain race, but I think we just should show it to everyone. And, you know, let your actions speak louder than what someone may be saying about you. You know, my dad, when we were coming up, when we felt bad that people was making a statement that was not true about us. You know, his comment was, you prove them wrong then. You know, you prove them to be wrong. And how we were to prove them to be wrong was by our actions and our behaviors. And, uh, you know, we're we're instructed to love. And we can't account, and I'm not going to give one person um, power, if you would, or uh, that much credit to allow what that person say to kind of put me in a in a tizzy because we have to remember that it's all about staying focused. What is it that we are striving to do? Uh, like the one mentioned about the military, when you join a, any branch of the military, you become united. You may have some differences, just like we, we all. We can have differences, but we res- respect each other along the way. But we have a task at hand. So, again, what is our task at hand? Because a lot over the last year and a half or even two years, a lot have been said, and it's unbelievable. But if we keep chasing those rabbits down every hole that comes up, we're not going to be able to fill up the hole that we need to have as a solid foundation for those that's coming behind us, and that's what's important to me. Well, I, I'm going to say to you that I went out of my way to make sure I got uh, the woman's name who gave me assistance. And um, I'm determined that I'm going to find a way to show her that I truly appreciate what the service that she gave me. Because a lot of times when you go to the DMV, they are so inundated by everybody's needs and everybody's uh, desire to get what they need at a given time uh, that they just lose sight of the person that's in front of them. And so I just saw a lot of professionalism where people went out of their way. I saw another lady who was uh, Haitian who did not understand, who could not speak English very well. And uh, so instead of just saying, hey, look, I can't help you because you don't understand me and I don't understand you, they went and they called out and asked all the people out there, Say, is there anybody who speaks English that can translate uh, what this woman, uh, between the two of us, so we can help this lady with what it is uh, that she's trying to accomplish? And that's what we have to do, uh, Kathy, is we have to learn to stop looking at people's skin color and help people and do what we're supposed to do for people just because they're human. You are absolutely right, um, James, and I think that will be a very nice gesture for you to do something um, nice for her. Now, you said she went out of her way, so that means she did an extra um, 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 something extra special for you because as a customer service representative, that is our job to show the customer customer friendliness to be um, um, in a place to where if the customer come, they'll want to come back again and again and again. But I think that we are, and I don't even know if this is answering the question. I think that we are so used to bad customer service when we get 
something extraordinary like that, we want to appreciate that person. So I believe that that will be uh, a great thing for you to do is to um, to bless that young lady in some sort of way so that she'll know how much you appreciate her. But I just wanted to also insert that, you know, in every place that you go, there is always people that have that same attitude, that same integrity, that same characteristics, but you don't always get to interact with that person. I know when I was a customer service person that every person, every customer that that caught in that I talked to, they always said that same thing, that they were happy that they were able to talk to me because I knew that was my job. So when you know that something is your job, you're going to do it to the fullest. You're going to give one. 110%. I don't know if that answers that question, but I wanted to go back to what um, not D said, but the other young man that was in the service and how he spoke about his white pastor. And that right there shows you that that man was a man of God because when you say that you uh, are a believer or you are a Christian, then that's how you should see every person that you come in contact with. You shouldn't see a color, but you should see the soul of that person, and you should speak to the soul of that person. You should encourage them. You should tell, give them whatever it is that they need that you have that you can insert into their life. Well, um, Kathy, let me just share with you, when I was standing up at the, um, and to get all the information she needed, she needed from me, because I was renewing my driver's license, and I was um, also getting a new tag, and so uh, there was just a number of steps she had to go through, and I was starting to have some issues with my knee, and, uh, you know, the you know, you first you have to go in there, and you got to get a number, then your number got to be called, and you got to walk over to the station. And this particular one was a big one. It wasn't one of those small ones. And so she recognized there was some stress, and I had to get my eyes checked. I had to go over and get my picture taken. And so there was a lot of things going on. And at some point I said, hey, look, I'm going to have to go uh, sit down for a minute. And while she was doing what it was she was doing, and she said, okay, but then you got to come up because i got to ask you some questions. And then um, before I knew it, after she had finished doing whatever she was doing, she walked over to me to ask the question. Uh, she didn't ask me to come back up there where she was. She she just decided on her own, well, you know, and, there's a, and again, this, she's behind a barrier, and she had to go all the way around to an opening and then come over to me. And normally they don't come outside those barriers. They all, they stay behind those those booths. So that's what I'm saying. Well, she she um, felt a need uh, to give me additional assistance uh, that she would not have normally gave or thought to give uh, to anybody else because she made an evaluation. And so, D, I know in your your world. Uh, you interact with people that require you to do different things at different times and say different things at different times depending on the situation. Are you there, King? I am, sir. I wasn't sure that was for me. Uh, yes. Uh, well, you know, that's what that's where versatility come in to play. Uh, in this world that we live in, uh, those who have adopted the attribute of versatility uh, will do wonders in this world. And that's the problem with these people that, that depend solely on their opinion, and they have these outlets, these news media outlets, that will help them voice their opinion. And then uh, when they have an audience that um, have no diversity in the way of their thinking, uh, these are the ones that are taken in by these persons. And I, and I want to tell you that these, per- these people that, that voice their opinion in this way, uh, and, you know, and you, have a, and you have cable news networks, 
which is not your which is not the news outlet network that we are accustomed to that we grew up with. Uh cable news network is solely opinionated, uh especially after Fox News. Uh Fox News uh was one of the first ones that uh was uh dedicated to being opinionated. And so uh so these persons that uh, have these opinions they have an audience that that's not diverse in their thinking, and so that's that's where that strong percentage come in that that um that seems to be um unattached, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank you. All right, we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna come back and allow everyone to have an opportunity uh, to find to say their final word. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? Isn't that nice? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? I can easily feel myself slipping and slipping more and more away and see that super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby.
I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. Cheryl, what are your final thoughts this evening? Well, first of all, I want to say um, very good awareness, you know, um, bringing to our attention of those things that um, are said and that are around us, but also not to let us lose focus on where we are trying to go. And, you know, just like each one mentioned, the different things that we can do to make this place uh, a better world and to be able to assist people you know, of all races. Um, so, you know, just like I always say, whatever we do, we can always do more. All right. Uh, Cassie, your final thought for this evening? Um, I just want to say it was truly a blessing to be a part of your show today, and I was very excited when I heard all my brothers and sisters on here. And just uh, a quote from the word of God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I know I'm going to continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. It's glad to have you. And D, uh, your final thought this evening. Yes, sir. Uh, glad to have everybody back on the show. Miss Kathy, we missed you. Um, you know, I think it's uh, good to. Uh, to remember that there's still hope in humanity. Um, in southern Georgia, where I am, I'm seeing a shift in attitude uh, uh, among uh, white Americans. Uh, the Trump voters, you know, that's who they were, and you know, that's who they had to be. Uh, they are coming around in a way where uh, they are trying to be more cordial now. Uh, they're doing so uh, without the actual um, Im- implementation of an apology. Um, so they're they're being more cordial, more polite, more courteous than they were uh nine months ago, ten months ago. Um, and they're doing it in an effort to to say that uh it wasn't us. Okay. Without actually apologizing. Now, I say that to say real quick that we are the we are the race of, of uh historically and everybody knows that. And so that being said, I think that that's our place in the world. To uh, forgive and move on, and uh, and so it may be a a, a time for that, 
right about now. So th- thank you, James, for your show again, and uh, we appreciate you for what you do. All right, and I thank you all for calling in and for your continued support. Remember, our show is on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call me in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interrupting. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place their heart Jesus is love He won't let you down and I know